Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. <laughs> well, I just got back from E3, played with all my friends, Crash Bandicoot, Sonic the Hedgehog, Tails and Knuckles, the Echidna, and Zelda from Zelda. And <laughs> did I miss anything? Have you, uh... Hey, Griffin, have you checked the internet at all? I uh, know, I've just been, I've been too busy hanging out with my friend, Call of Duty, who's the lead shooter in Call of Duty. Let me just get online. <laughs> Oh, fuck. And that's a little skit that we've prepared for you. The only point of light. And scene. And scene in this episode of Rose Buddies. I played Julie, Mm -hmm. the wife of Randy. The concerned wife of Randy. I don't, I don't, where do you, where do you even start? Where do you even start with one like this? If I'm, if I sound like, um, like a, I feel like I sound like kind of a scamp right now. I've got the headphones in, listen to the monitor. I sound like kind of like, oh boy, here we go. Um, the feeling I'm feeling is mostly dread and uh, anxiety and really just sadness, overwhelming yeah. sorrow. Yeah, um, I, I want to explain. Griffin and I were both really anxious and kind of dreading recording, and not because we don't love each other, because we do very much. Well, if that's what you, if that's your first assumption, that's a pretty <laughs> whack place to jump to. Um, we we want to do this episode well, and there's no way to do it well. There isn't. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of different things that. At, at at work here. Obviously, we are sort of dancing around discussing. We did not have an episode last week, so this episode we are going to be covering the Bachelor in Paradise um, suspension. And now, as of this afternoon, they're just fucking storming right ahead with that thing. Oh, and we should do some trigger warnings. Before. Oh, absolutely, Jesus! W- again, where to begin? Um, there there will be discussions of sexual assault allegations. Um, just a sort of blanket racism, I think, for the back half yeah. of the episode. Alcohol abuse. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, it, 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 I don't, I don't know what to, we gotta be fully transparent, I feel like. Like, you and I had a conversation, um, and I saw this echoed throughout the, the, the Rose Buddies Facebook group that we were like in, in sitting in on the, the live reaction feed too of just like, I'm feeling an an enormous amount of dread about this fun entertainment television show. Um, I I feel that too, mostly in a sense of like shock at how badly they are fucking up. Maybe shock's not the right word, but just like um, immense disappointment, but also like most of, most of my anxiety stems from the fact that I cannot help but feel in some way complicit in in what this show like the the space in our cultural landscape this show occupies and i'm not saying like we put this show on the map or anything but i know there are people who watch this franchise because of what we did and fuck me it's been a bad couple weeks for this franchise and not just that but the warning signs have been there in a big way yeah and so all the things that came out recently it's not as if griffin and i thought no, that's not possible. No, I mean, it's uh, if anything, when the news started breaking, I was like, yeah, like, th- 
they've been flirting they've been flirting with that for a while it, it, to be fully and completely transparent like we fuck we talked about this last week like there's going to be a breaking point for us watching this show and i, I we've had discussions Rachel and I about like what what the future of rose buddies is going to look like whether we want to continue like even even supporting this show even no matter how critical we are it doesn't change the fact that we lead a, a thousands of comments long discussion group um who watches it live like i cannot help but feel responsible for like some people who watch this show when the things this show are doing are they're fucking completely rotten and problematic and dangerous and irresponsible and like I, I, if we weren't doing this podcast, I don't know if I'd keep watching. And the fact that we are doing this podcast, like, it's, uh, I haven't been looking forward to this. I wasn't looking forward to the episode last night. Like, I don't know that it's a lot of fun anymore. Yeah. Um, so Should that's, we... that's something that we're sort of struggling with to sort of set the stage with like, it's going to be, it's going to be a tricky episode and we'll, we're going to do our best and please, uh, be patient with us and with each other. Like, when this news broke, there was a lot of sort of, hostility i feel like between people like some folks who were just upset that the show got canceled and some folks who were like well yeah the show got canceled because what sounds like happened was pretty horrible just like be be patient in general i think and let's let's get into it okay so i'm gonna talk about kind of the timeline of events uh and this is from a, a vulture article that kind of outlines the days as they unfolded uh so june 6th um the uh, Bachelor in Paradise released a cast list. Uh, and then June 11th, uh, production was halted by Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's an important thing to keep in mind that ABC does not produce this show. Warner Brothers is the production company behind the show. ABC is the channel that um, airs it. Uh, also worth noting, because it's weirdly omit, I'm looking at this timeline too, June 4th is when this, um, what what happened took place two days yeah. before they announced the cast list. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, we're June 11th. Yeah. So June 11th, Warner Brothers halted production and released a statement that says we have become aware of allegations of misconduct on the set of Bachelor in Paradise in Mexico. And the E reported that some contestants had started to travel home. Yeah. Somebody got a picture with like all of the contestants leaving that, leaving that airport. Um, the, uh, so the the allegations of misconduct were reported by way of a third party um, complaint by one of the producers on the show, and not by either of the parties actually involved in the in the incident, um, which is another thing to keep in mind. Um, there was God, there was so much fucking like character assassination going around, including like a lot of it landing on this producer's shoulders which like again i don't really want to get into because a lot of that is painted by like the fact that this show is a lot of people's careers who of course are going to say some shit um to to keep it alive if they can yeah um but yeah so the next day june 12th is when um reports start leaking that the misconduct involves corinne and demario and just one quick, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you. I know this is going to go a while, but um, somebody posted a great video. Um, I forget who the outlet was that posted it. 
I want to say like now, now this, ah, shit. I don't know. I'm sorry about like why they hadn't covered this story up to this point. And it was because like, it was Twitter, right? It was tweets or something. uh, Yeah. Well, it wasn't just that the sourcing was suspect. It was that this was a potential sexual assault, um, situation that had happened. And, uh, it is unethical to like air the name of a victim of sexual assault, which like pretty much everybody was just kind of sprinting full force forward with without like knowing um, the details. Um, but since both of these people have sort of um, put out put out statements um, uh, about this stuff, like I, I, I feel like and also it's been like two weeks since it's happened. Um, I, I feel like we can sort of talk about it a yeah, little bit more comfortably. And we'll here. get to the statements. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, after Corinne and DeMario were named, um, there were other people coming forward, uh, contestants and producers saying that Corinne was very obviously intoxicated. And this is when the issue of consent was introduced of, uh, her and DeMario were engaged in this sexual activity and Corinne appeared unable to give any kind of consent. Uh, and DeMario was also intoxicated. Um, I feel like also at this point, we got to step up and say like, uh, there is, uh, even in the statements, there's very little placement of blame on it, on, on anybody. Um, and that there is a tape of this happening, whatever happened that is, probably never going to see the light of day although there are lawyers still i think actively pursuing these tapes and so pretty much this is not to like fucking this is i'm sorry if this is what it sounds like this is not to like cast doubt on anybody's particular story it's just like a general blanket statement of like pretty much a, a lot most of like what is coming out of this is coming from second second party sourcing um so uh and and a lot of that is because at least Corinne says that she doesn't remember yeah. a lot of what happened. So that is her statement. Um, well, let's first, next day, June 13th, Chris Harrison released a statement. So nobody from ABC has said anything at this point, but Chris Harrison comes forward uh, and says, there are a lot of competing details in the various press accounts of this incident. And there's a lot of misinformation out there too. We urge everyone to be patient until the investigation is complete. Um, so, so Chris Harrison does this a lot. He comes forward as kind of a spokesman for the franchise, um, but doesn't really ever say say anything. anything. Yeah. Okay. So again, we've been going day by day here. June 14th is when Corinne issues her statement, uh, confirming, uh, that she is sure she says, I am a victim and uh, that she is in therapy currently for, quote, physical and emotional trauma. Yeah. Can I actually have her statement here? Can I read it? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I'm a victim and have spent the last week trying to make sense of what happened on June 4th. Although I have little memory of that night, something bad obviously took place, which I understand is why production on this show has now been suspended and a producer on this show has filed a complaint against the production. As a woman, this is my worst nightmare and it has now become my reality. As I pursue the details and facts surrounding that night and the immediate days after, I've retained a group of professionals to ensure that what happened on June June 4th comes to light, and I can continue my life, including hiring an attorney to obtain justice and seeking therapy to begin dealing with the physical and emotional trauma stemming from that evening. Okay, so this is where, at least from my perspective, I start thinking, 
we got to tap out. Yeah. Like Corinne, uh, Corinne's statement for me took this beyond rumors and gossip yeah. into something real. Yeah. That was very disturbing and clearly harmful to her. And, and whatever you feel about Corinne, um, you know, is unrelated to that should fucking go this. without saying. Yeah, yeah, like God knows that we were hard on her last last season, but like, yeah, this is come on, y'all. Like, this is this is the shit I'm talking about. Like, people getting upset because the, this TV show, this this trashy TV show, they like got canceled. Is a real person like that? Ha- you have to fucking put that first, regardless of what you think of the character they play on television. Yeah, if this was, I mean. This is cliche to even say, but if this were a friend of yours, if this were your sister, you know, if this were your kid, you know, you would probably think a little differently about it than this reality show villain, you know, which is so easy to disassociate yourself from what happened to her. And so many people have come out and, you know, slut shamed her. Sure. And, um, I just, and this, and so, We'll get to kind of what has happened today. Yeah. As with the day we're recording. That's the prestige to this shitty, shitty story. Um, but when she issued her statement, not only did I believe her, uh, but I thought, yeah, like I could see this happening, you know? Straight up the shit that happened with Rod and um Lace. Lace in the last like we talked about that when we covered the second season of Bachelor in Paradise, like or was it third? I don't know. It made me super fucking uncomfortable. Like these two were really intoxicated. Um Rod, who like is a shithead, like to the point where he like shit his pants and like accosted hotel staff, like and then the fucking audacity of Warner Brothers to come out and be like, nah, we got our shit on lock. Don't worry about it. Safety's top concern. Fucking really? I've watched the show before and it wicked isn't. If that's your top concern, your other concerns must be not very uh, much of a priority at all. Huh, Warner Brothers? We uh, we should also mention that later that day, DeMario put out his own statement where he said... Um, uh, I thought that a- was the next day. No, I think it's the same day. It, it's unfortunate that my character and family name has been assassinated this past week with false claims and malicious allegations. I will be taking swift and appropriate legal action until my name is cleared and, per the advice of legal counsel, will be seeking all available remedies entitled to me under the laws. Uh, so do you want to get to today? Um, I mean, yeah, we are uh, straight up. We're leapfrogging over a lot of shit because a lot of contestants. I, I feel like in those first couple of days, we were hearing a lot of details about what happened and about um uh Corinne's like lucidity in this in this moment yeah. and um the events of what happened and how producers wanted to step in but they were not allowed and so and this is really important to keep in mind it was not Corinne who filed this complaint that got the show suspended it was yeah. it was these producers yeah. so there was a lot of contestants going after the character of Corinne there was a lot of contestants um, or not contestants, just like anonymous sources saying that the producers who filed the complaints weren't even there when it happened, sort of like trying to yeah. cut the legs out from any anywhere where the story could go more in the direction of, oh, well, nothing bad, really. No, don't, don't worry about it. Which, like, again, we, we don't know what happened, but it, I cannot help but think about all of the people whose livelihood, not just the cast, but the, 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 contestants who's now who their career is bachelor series alum 
who are going to be negatively affected if this, if this show gets yeah. shut down. Mm-hmm. And how, like, yeah, of course they're going to fucking fight tooth and nail to do whatever it is. They don't give a shit about, like, who is right and wrong. They give a shit about this television show that they had a spot on well, continuing to be on the air. And plus, Bachelor in Paradise and the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise have created this gray area where a lot of people were making the argument of, oh, contestants get drunk and hook up all the time. How is this any different? And and created this doubt within the viewers and yeah. and the fans of the show of of yeah, hey, that's that yeah. No, that's that's a good point. And I I'm sorry if that's how you feel about this, you're writing this show a blank check that it is horrifying for them to be in possession of. No fucking way. People give, give people fuck all the time on this show. You can't fucking say that about this show because it gives them infinite capacity exactly. for evil. And like, I I don't know. So today, meanwhile, during since Warner Brothers issued this initial statement back at the very beginning on uh, gosh, what was it, June eleventh? Um, we cut to June twentieth, where we finally hear from Warner Brothers again, saying they have concluded their investigation and found no evidence of misconduct, and none of the cast members' safety was in jeopardy, and that production on season of Bachelor in Paradise will resume, and that they will quote implement certain changes to the show's policies and procedures to enhance and further ensure the safety and security of all participants. I want to read like the for me the like. This is, uh, I'm sorry, this is such, this is such dog shit. Like, our internal investigation conducted with the assistance of an outside law firm has now been completed. Out of respect for the privacy interests of those involved, we do not intend to release the videotape of the incident. We can say, however, that the tape does not support any charge of misconduct by a cast member, nor does the tape show, contrary to many press reports, that the safety of any, fuck off, go eat shit. Like, that part, that part. Contrary to what everybody's saying, everybody's saying shit because you didn't say shit for two fucking weeks. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, so I reached out. I have some friends that are in the law profession, obviously not practicing any kind of law related to the bachelor or bachelorette. But I, I was trying to think, is it unreasonable for me to want them to say something? Like, just say anything. Like, ABC, Warner Brothers, say anything. I recognize that you are under scrutiny right now and that you are doing this quote-unquote investigation. Right. But just say anything about your concern that, you know, contestants are reporting they had this experience and they weren't saying anything at all. And I just thought, is this unreasonable? Yeah. And my lawyer friends made the point that, if they are to acknowledge any kind of um, accountability for this, either other contestants could come forward and also sue and say that they felt unsafe, yeah. or Demario could use that as proof that his character is being further assassinated by the network. Like I understand that there are complicated aspects of this that are preventing people from saying more, um, but. The fact that they're going to continue the show. To that point, though, like, I got online when this news was breaking and started to... I, I got on Reality Steve, who was like... Uh, we've talked about him some. He's like a sort of um, known reporter and scooper of of this franchise. And his general sentiment was like, this show's fucking done. Like, yeah. how do you come back from, from yeah, this? Yeah, he went on that Here to Make Friends podcast. Yeah, Here to Make like Friends so on, on HuffPo. And... Uh, it was basically, this, said, this there's it. no way. It's there's over. no way. And 
uh looking at like what's going on now it's like why are they why are they obviously there's some sort of like calculation right this like this arithmetic of like how much money do we lose if we just like scrap the whole thing versus like how much money do we lose in potential legal fees against like x y and z um and so i was like reading his stuff when this news broke and i was reading other people's stuff and the sentiment from like hashtag bachelor nation was like man i hope corinne puts out an informal apology and boy i hope this producer gets fired and never like it's Guys. it's there there's no, there's nothing about this that doesn't fucking suck like there's nothing about this that doesn't stink on ice you know what i was telling griffin so we don't know anything about this quote-unquote investigation uh so the fact that a lot of people are willing to buy into that the fact that Rachel keeps calling it a quote-unquote investigation, I think, maybe uh, parts the curtain on what she thinks about it. <laughs> I just, like, so many people, and I understand it. I mean, Griffin and I used to love this show, uh, specifically Bachelor in Paradise. It used to be, like, a highlight for us. So I understand a lot of people were like, that's all I need. I'm back on board. The investigation showed nothing. So, great. I believe in investigations. But Done by the parties who are financially, like, invested in the, yeah. Like, I don't understand how you look at this situation and just go, like, if you were a fucking, if you were a big company, right, you're Apple, and something bad happens at Apple, and so Apple does an internal investigation, and then, like, two weeks later, after being silent about it, when all these rumors are swirling, Apple comes out and says, you know, we looked into it, and we liked what happened. It was good what happened. Like, eh, oh, good. Good, Apple. I'm glad to... Yeah. And I saw reports of, from uh, the press with headlines like, Scandal Over, Bachelor in Paradise, back... Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. To that point, Corinne's lawyers are still pursuing this tape, still trying to get their hands on this fucking tape. Yeah. I can't, like... Why did they shut the, why did they shut the fucking show down? Like, why did they shut this show down if... Why did it take them two weeks after shutting this show down? Obviously, they have to take all their complaints seriously, right? Um, but why shut the fucking show down if, like, absolutely nothing? There's no way we can talk about this further without getting into, like, full-blown conspiracy theory. And obviously, there are lots and lots of wrinkles to this situation that, like, I don't even know how to begin un unpacking, right? Like, we didn't talk about this, but, like, being drunk is not a an invitation for sexual assault it is not a it is not a like there was a lot of talk of like oh they're giving them too much alcohol yeah. just because they're drunk doesn't that doesn't like give anybody permission that yeah. doesn't make that is not a, a way to explain away why sexual assault happened there's incalculable wrinkles about like um demario came out and said like i've lost my my job because of this and um they're just looking at sort of the, the comments in response to when this news first started breaking, which, by the way, was the first day I landed at the ground on E3. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah. the world's falling apart. Um, there there are a lot of like super, super racist comments coming out about DeMario, which is like I, there, there's we're not we talked about it and we're not going to cover Bachelor in Paradise. Right. Yeah. Even if it comes back, we're not going to do it. Like there is there is no way I could watch whatever weird Frankenstein show they now throw together. Rose Buddies, the podcast will continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bachelor in Paradise coverage will not. We cannot. No, we, I, I, I can't envision watching every, it and enjoying every it. Every single person, not just us, every single person that watches that show is going to be watching it like they are watching an like uh, an episode of 2020 or law and order of like trying to find the moments and picking apart every piece of it. And it's not going to be fun and it's not going to be funny. It's going to be disturbing no matter what they do, because this 
changes everything. Yeah, I can't like, there were a lot of think pieces written like, this show's done. No matter what happens, like this show's fucking done. And for ABC to just say like, we saw the tapes that we shot and it was no problem. Yeah. So we're just going to do it again. So one big wrinkle is that apparently, and this is just like starting to develop like literally a couple hours before we started recording. Uh, there are reports now that past bachelor and bachelorette contestants are now being reached out to, to be on bachelor in paradise. Whereas the cast they had arranged for the original season four or season three um, are like apparently maybe not being invited. So are they calling like Michael Stagliano and being like, hey, what about one more hey, time? Bro? Yeah, and he's like fucking in a shack somewhere in Alaska, like smoking a cigar with a big hey, beard. Pavelka. Like, you'll never pull me back in. It's like, <laughs> it's, that's going to be weird, right? You can't just bring those same people back and be like, all right, let's do the first day again. Remember, you two kissed. Like, there's no way they can bring them yeah. back and shoot more without addressing what happened. And so like Raven and um alexis alexis and, and like all all those folks are you know out out of season which i'm not like saying like oh what a what a travesty i'm saying like those were top tier bachelor in paradise contestants yeah, for what this show was going to be and to say like all y'all are done now let's bring in the fucking snickle fritz <laughs> yeah they're gonna move from all these people who were really fresh off of the show to whoever is still willing to go on which I think is going to be a questionable a lot of people. It's it's. I want to wrap this up because we haven't even started unpacking the yeah. episode of Bachelorette that we watched last night. That was in its own way also pretty fucking horrifying. Yeah. Uh, but like, Corinne Corinne says I'm a victim, and I don't remember what happened that night, and that I'm going to get to the bottom of it. I've hired a legal team to get to the bottom of it, and the wind has so completely turned against her. And it's fucking super hard. To, it's really fucking hard to watch. And that, to me, that's like that, that when I boil it all down, like getting past the like, oh, we don't know exactly what happened. We don't know uh, yeah. whatever. I, I can't. The one thing I do know is that this, this, this woman says, I don't remember what happened. And so like something bad happened. And I mean, I like, I'm, I'm a victim of this. And like, Everybody now is saying, like, where's your fucking formal apology? Because our show's launch date is probably going to yeah. be two weeks behind now. Like, Well, and you know what? And this is the other thing I told Griffin. I mean, before they even announced today that the investigation was concluded, I wasn't surprised that this happened. And to me, that said a lot about where I was at with the franchise you know, like the fact that I instantly was willing to think, oh, yeah, no, I could see somebody, you know, becoming a victim on this show made me think, wait, why am I covering this show? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So no Bachelor in Paradise coverage from Rose Buddies. And like, is it's weird, I think, to just say like, all right, Bachelor in Paradise, you sit in the corner. But Bachelor next season, starting January, you're going to like, we're talking, we're, 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 we're doing some fucking soul searching and please yeah. like I feel like we have to be completely transparent about this at all times like we are now like um we're part of the Max Fun network we have ads we get donations for this show and I don't like no matter what we've never Rachel and I never talked about like well let's just not do a podcast cuz like we love doing this podcast we and do. we love the community that is built up around it I I I genuinely do um but I I I I I don't want to 
it's not it's it's getting less and less fun to watch this show and it's getting less and less fun to talk about this show and like my enjoyment of this process has i guess very little bearing on uh, sort of the bigger picture and i get that but like it's when we started doing it we knew that this show could be problematic and we thought like well let's still cover it because it's a silly ass show and as long as we are critical of when it is problematic then we're doing our due diligence but now i i don't i there was some fun here this will be a good stage setter for the conversation that we're about to have like there was cool stuff that happened on this episode of the bachelorette there was some good stuff there were some good dates and there were some fun scenes and there were some funny jokes we are going to be talking about those after spending a half hour talking about sexual assault allegations sandwiched in like lee's racist bullshit i that that tonal dissonance I that dog don't hunt anymore. Like, yeah. Well, and I always feel the need. So I was talking to Griffin about this. The show has always been pop- problematic. There have always been characters or individuals <laughs> on this show that have been kind of gross. So in some ways, it's difficult for us to say now it's too far. You know, I mean, I recognize this is a different story, but it's not like the show before was, you know, like the TV show Full a House. Perfect. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure had its own slate of issues. It's it. I, I get that. This is the worst week this show's ever had. Yeah. Between the very real and very irresponsible way that it is turning Lee's actual racist behaviors into a, an entertainment reality TV blood sport. And this, the, the whole bachelor in paradise stuff. I I'm, I know this show's been problematic in the past. This is a new, this is, these are, these are uncharted, yeah. horrible fucking waters. Yeah. And I just keep coming back to the dread I had at six fifty nine last night where I thought like, Am I even going to fucking enjoy this? I know I'm not going to enjoy necessarily unpacking it. Like, is it, is this even fun anymore? And if it's not, then like, let's, yeah. let's fucking, let's do something else. Let's, like, Griffin, Griffin and I want to do a comedy podcast. We don't necessarily want to do yeah. a, a recap podcast. I mean, that's part of what this is, obviously, but I don't have undying loyalty to, sure. to this franchise where I think I have to cover it. Like, I would rather make jokes with my husband. I, I don't even care about, like, the not being able to do our really sweet comedy shit. I, I care more about, like, I, I just can't get over the fact that I, there are people who watch this show, lots of people who watch this show because of our podcast. And I, I can't fucking, I can't fucking stomach that anymore. Yeah. I know y'all are adults or whatever, and it's, it's, it's your choice, but like, it's, it weighs on me like a heavy, a heavy burden. Yeah. Um, should we just do the ads now? <laughs> Who's our advertisers this time? If you liked this, oh man, you know what you really love is stamps.com. Babe, it's been heavy and it's going to be heavy again real soon. Do you have a really, really good, hey, can I steal you away? Ooh. Yeah. No. And again, I really do want to stress this upon you. You really need to stick the landing because this is a fucking burdensome one. I see her. She's like shifting in her seat. She's stretching. Like, she's stretching. She's really going to pull this one out. This one's going to be like a little a little bubble of joy that's going to pop right in the middle of this fucking fart balloon. (laughs) 
you so much. <laughs> I'm trusting a lot in the microphone there. No, though. I got every fucking mm in there. Okay. Um, our sponsors this week. Let's find out who they are. This is a fun part of the podcast where I didn't prepare. Hey, guess what I have on my butt right now? Um, A chair. Oh, I do have a chair, but the chair is under my butt. My MeUndies is what I am talking about. Um, we both have MeUndies now. We have some I'm wearing MeUndies right now, too. Are you kidding, babe? Yeah. We have matched MeUndies. Not that I don't think we're matching well, right now. No. Um, I'm wearing the army men's ones that I thought were dinosaurs for a bit. <laughs> um, so every pair of MeUndies is made of sustainably sourced uh, micromodal, which is a fabric that's three times softer than cotton. I've talked about MeUndies 300 times. You would think I would know what the name of the fabric was at this point. Uh, and they come in all kinds of fun colors and patterns. Like, I don't know what to say, man. Like, all my underwear is MeUndies because they keep sending it to me. And I'm maybe the luckiest boy on earth. Um, Rachel's checking to see what she got on. It says have. Oh, I'm wearing the ones that say have a nice day. Oh, that's fun. Because you see it and it's like, hey, let me say something if I'm seeing you and you're in your <laughs> Babe, I am having a nice day. Do you like that character? No. He, he's dead what now. What was his name, though? Manj. 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 I will mourn him. <laughs> Um, so you can get, you can try MeUndies today. Go get the celebrate pattern before they're all gun, gun, Jesus, <laughs> at MeUndies.com slash RoseBuddies and you'll save 20% off your first pair. And if you don't love them, they're free. Just go get 20% off your first pair, pair plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash RoseBuddies right now. That's MeUndies.com slash RoseBuddies. One more again, MeUndies.com slash RoseBuddies. Our other sponsor is Stamps.com. That is true. Uh, why go to the post office when you can handle all of your postage needs from your desk? Uh, because my toilet's broken and the one at the post office always works. Nice try, though, Slylock Fox, with all your riddles. Have you really used the bathroom at the post? Oh, you have, haven't you? Used the bathroom at the post office? There are very few buildings in this city that I have (laughs) not used the bathroom in. Nice try trying to catch me in one of your riddles again, Slylock. Um, anything you can do at the post office, you can do right now from your desk at stamps.com, except go to the bathroom unless you have the coolest desk ever. <laughs> you can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package using your own computer and printer. And unlike the post office, stamps.com never closes. So you can get postage whenever you need it right there at your desk 24 7. Um, right now you can use our code ROSE for this special offer. It's a four week trial that includes postage and a digital scale. Hell yeah. That digital scale is so clutch because the first time I heard about stamps.com, I thought, how do you know how much postage you put on there? That would be my biggest fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got to use that digital scale. Got to use the digital scale. It is so important. Uh, so don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else and click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Rose. And stamps.com, enter Rose. Stamps.com, never go to the fucking post office again. I said the F word in there. They probably don't oh, like that. no. This message is for Chloe and Xander. Those are some fucking names. It's from... I love it. It's from Sarah and Nathan. It's pretty good names. <laughs> is this what we do now? <laughs> I'm just saying, Chloe and Xander. Maybe it's because we're watching Buffy again. It really sticks, sticks out, you know? Uh-huh. How do you feel about the name Rachel? It's good. You know I like the name Rachel. Good. Biblical. Bible name. Love that stuff. Okay. What about Griffin then? Not Bible. No. So disappointed. When I was old enough to find out, I guess I was like four and I was like, what is a Griffin? Like sort of Tarzan-like? And they were like, you are. And I was like, that's not Bible. So sad. So disappointed. 
The message is Chloe and Xander from the day of your pumpkin patch group date. We knew you were here for the right reasons. The destination date to Waffle House sealed the deal. You make us happy to believe in love, like when Rachel is exasperated at Griffin, but then giggles. You're that cute. Congratulations on your literal marriage. Love, Sarah and Nathan. Oh, guys. Guys, thanks. I do get exasperated with Griffin. Babe, one time I was at a Waffle House. You just looked... You did look exasperated right then. Well, because I'm holding your laptop. Please take it back before you tell your anecdote. I was at Waffle House once. I was with Evan and Justin and Emily and Laura and all them. We were going to Kings Island, the fun amusement park. We were at Waffle House. And I'll never forget Honky Tonk by Donka Donk was on the jukebox. And <laughs> I, I was so pumped up. I don't know this song, Griffin. It's bad. You want to sing like a verse? Honky Tonk by Donka Donk. Like, it's bad. But I was sprinting out of the Waffle House, and there was like a little um, slope down to the gas station that our car was parked at. We'd just eaten some waffles, and I was running, and the slope was slippery, and my feet went out from under me, and I landed on a metal grate right on my tailbone, and I had to go to the hospital. I didn't get to go to Kings Island. Oh, my God. Were you okay? I was fine. I just like, it popped my back real bad, and it scared me. Had to go go, to the hospital. Didn't go to Kings Island. We were like 10 minutes from Huntington. Sliding doors. Sliding hills. What if if you had gone to Kings Island and also injured your tailbone? Then you would know it was supposed to happen like final final destination. Mm. You know who I blame? Toby Keith. I think he was the one who did it. Hold on. How do you spell badunkadunk? Trace (laughs) Adkins. Fuck you, Trace. Go fuck yourself, Trace Adkins. That's what I think. Oh, Griffin. No, I'll say it. He kept me from going on the fucking... That's unnecessary. On all my favorite rides. I think you kept yourself from going on your favorite rides. Wow, babe. What a be- what a betrayal. Uh, here's another p- message. This one is for Nurbert, and it's from Wilbert. The names are just popping the fuck <laughs> off. It says, hey, Beeb, this is the perfect place to have a sappy message read. This year was honest to God been the... A- this year has honest to God been the absolute worst. I don't know what year this message was written in, but I agree. Um, but together we've survived some truly unbearable shit. I do love you. Oh, that's good. That's really good stuff. That's good. Um, that hasn't happened yet on this season. I do love, I'm sure. Oh, well, I guess we're only on episode four. It's going to happen very, very much. Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. Should we talk about the show? Yeah, man. Psyched for it. Psyched for it. Episode four. Okay. Uh, so we haven't had a rose ceremony yet. Uh, we've picked up with the drama. I had to open it. You could have, you could have opened it in the other room. That's probably true. Uh, we pick up with the drama between Lee and Eric and Iggy. Um, Eric is upset that the men are talking about him. Um, and this is where we start to get some of the men also weighing in on Lee saying that he is an instigator. Um, and Eric just kind of closes his speech to the group and says, you know, I'm going to be who I am. Uh, just focus on you. We're still before the rose ceremony. 
There will never be another rose ceremony. We're suspended between them in the infinite space. The men are still taking turns talking to Rachel. uh, And Kenny is having a conversation with Rachel. And Lee decides to interrupt. And uh, this is after Lee has already had time with Rachel that night. Jesus, this was the same night as the Eric stuff. I did not even put that together. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, so Lee interrupts and Kenny says, you know, can you give us a few minutes? And so he walks slightly out of frame and then comes back a few minutes later. As you say, he said, give me 60 seconds to like wrap this thing up. And Lee, who I think is pretty tanked at this point, says like, all right, 16 seconds. Yeah. And then walks and like counts on his... We talked about this last week, but like Lee has made this this decision to like, oh, I'm the villain now, so let's just like be a fucking literal villain from like an '80s like competitive ski teen movie. Um, so he just like walks to the side of the frame and like counts off sixteen on his fucking fingers, bleh, making that fucking shit face. Yeah. Um. Uh. So we so we get the sense that it's not just Eric that has the problem with Lee at this point. Other guys are noticing his bad behavior. Uh, so Lee, when he does get time with Rachel, he brings out this wooden block uh, and he talks about his grandfather and how he has his grandfather's knife. And then he shows that he has carved the word enchanting into this wooden block. He says something profound here, or maybe she says it. One of them says like, Oh, that's your word. If you have just if you have a go to adjective that you use to describe somebody that you're trying to date, you've gone wrong somewhere, I feel like. Well, I mean all the men on this show use the word stunning, for example. Yes, but like enchanting. Oh, that's the only adjective you use to describe me. That feels authentic <laughs> to me in a way. Um I, I wanted to talk about I have Dean's whole quote here about Lee. Um, because the issue of race kind of for the first time makes an uh, makes a an appearance i guess in this episode does this happen at this point i'm pretty sure yeah this is okay. when when dean is talking about lee um when like a bunch of the dudes are talking about how lee stinks um dean says the only people that i've seen lee pick fights with um have not been the people that he's used to seeing on a daily basis from a cultural perspective which is maybe the most roundabout way of saying he's a racist i've ever heard of um this is in one of the behind the scenes interviews um and a producer asks him what do you mean the most like clueless producer maybe the producers were trying to get somebody to say lee's racist this whole time yeah no i think they were trying to get him to say something his response though is you know exactly what i mean when i say that the longer lee sticks around the more everyone will become aware of his intolerance um so dean says this like behind behind closed doors in the the in the moment interview but doesn't really confront lee at all in any particular way yet maybe he does um i just wanted to point that out because like that's the closest anybody's gotten to say like lee's a fucking racist again like they don't know about all of the very bad tweets which we should i guess mention again like dude said that the kkk and naacp are the same like he's a fucking racist dude yeah we talked about this in our last right so like they don't know episode. about that obviously but it's this is at least the first time somebody's like hey wait a minute uh so After Kenny gets interrupted, he goes back to talk to the guys about it. And the guys kind of agree with him that this is unfair. And Kenny decides that he is going to confront Lee about it. Uh, So Kenny pulls Lee aside 
And Lee is being very impatient with Kenny and actually says, get to it, as Kenny tries to pick what he's going to say. He's trying to do to Kenny what he literally did to Eric earlier in the evening, which is like, I get off on like smiling when a dude is upset and seeing him get angrier. Yeah. And Kenny, to me, starts from a very reasonable place and says, you know, we were friends. We, you took advantage of that friendship to interrupt me and Rachel. Uh, and Lee's just being very impatient with Kenny and is not listening to what he has to say. And Kenny gets more and more angry and louder and louder. Right. He's doing that purposefully to try to get Kenny to, to yell and have Rachel hear, hear the confrontation and then pin that shit on Kenny, which is exactly what happens. Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, before this happens, or at least it's shown before it's happened, uh, Rachel has some time with Brian. Brian is the one that she had the real gross makeout with on night one. She done. She did it again in this one. Uh, and so gross because it just there's a lot of mouth opening. Oh, so close in on the mouth. and they gl- they get right in there. I told Rachel like I feel like I'm kissing them right now. <laughs> um. Brian talks about how he wants Rachel to be vulnerable. Rachel says that she's kind of scared to be vulnerable. And one of the things she's scared of is how charming Brian is. And she says, you know what? What makes you weak? And he says, well, you do. You make me weak in the knees. And she's like, I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Yeah. I get it. Like this, this, this happened. Like there's this dude, I feel like on every season who just like, I don't really buy, I don't really buy it. There's no, there, it has to feel substantial for me to get like real on board with it. And just saying line after line after line after line, like feels really disingenuous. Why? Because it feels like it has nothing to do with Rachel. No. You know, it's, it's just about him being prepared to answer correctly. Right. With the, with the most like suave line that, he, he could possibly generate in any given uh, moment. Yeah. It's not about their gap teeth. You know, it's not about like something real and unique to their relationship. God, I love that fucking gap teeth conversation. Peter. Um, okay. So when Rachel overhears Kenny and Lee fighting, this is when she's talking to Bryce, I think. I Maybe, don't know. I don't know. A lot of these dudes look the same to me. Yeah. Still. Um, Rachel starts to get frustrated and she tells us the viewer that she's disappointed with the guys. Uh, and she seems kind of emotional. And this is when she starts talking about the pressure she's under as a black woman, uh, on the bachelorette or specifically as the bachelorette. She talks about how she already knows what people are going to say, uh, and that she's going to have to deal with it. And that's a lot. She said, the pressures that I feel about being a black woman and what that is and how I don't even want to talk about it. I get pressured from so many different ways being in this position, and I did not want to get into all of this tonight. Um, I already know what people are going to say about me and judge me for the decisions that I'm making. I'm going to be the one that I'm going to be the one that has to deal with all of that and nobody else. And that's a lot here. This was edited really weirdly because like it was a very emotional response and one of the most, um, one of the most 
sort of what I'm, I'm struggling to find the right word. I, I think a couple times this episode, it's when the subject of race has been most sort of discussed on, on this season of this show, like where it has been dis- discussed, frankly, way, way less than I assumed that it might be. Um, and it was edited really weirdly because this emotional response, like, was she crying because Kenny and Lee got in a fight? That's how it was edited to make it yeah. seem like, but that doesn't track really no. the we were talking about that uh it seems as if this was part of a much larger conversation um and we didn't get to see that conversation right we got to see the moment where she broke yeah and said these things and it didn't make sense given what we had just like yeah from a narrative perspective the theory that i saw floated in the live reactions to this that like made me pause was like what if the producer said, like, by the way, you're fucking keeping Lee. That dude's going to be ratings gold. We love all this fucking drama. Um, yeah. If she this... was told that and then fucking said, well, that sucks. Like, people are going to think certain things about me because of that decision. There's this rumor that we talk about a lot that there's always a producer pick, that there are people that are kept on the show, not because The Bachelor or Bachelorette wants them there, but because producers recognize they're good television and the theory is that Rachel is perhaps upset because she has been told that she has to eliminate some of the men who are seemingly better guys uh, than Lee, and she's upset. Is it, it? I we have obviously no substantial evidence of this, but like this season of this show, to a fault, to an enormous fucking fault, is following the pattern of other seasons, which is like. This is about the time in the season where they introduce like the big drama and then they keep that drama going for a few episodes until it terminates in a big dramatic two on one date. Um, that is the pattern that they are trying to follow. And so they're going to fucking try and juice this this thing um, for as long as they can. And so like, I don't know, I think I could buy it, man. I mean, at this point, yeah. I don't fucking trust this show as far as I can <laughs> throw it. So uh, Chris comes to talk to Rachel uh, and says, just tell me what you want to do. I can facilitate anything, Uh, which, you know, Chris. Okay. Classic Chris. Maybe not anything, but all right. Uh, Yeah. What if she'd been like, I I don't want Lee to be on this show. I want you to lead a monologue competition between the men where they all read monologues from Shakespeare. And then you help me judge which are the best. He would say, yeah, next episode, let's get to it. I can facilitate that. Um, so uh, they shut down the cocktail party, go straight to the rose ceremony. She ends up sending home Bryce, Diggy, and Brady. Um, either Bryce or Brady is the one who said the transphobic comment. Who like Bryce. Didn't do anything, really, this whole season which like whatever diggy i was i was brady had some fun hair brady had he was the one okay Mm -hmm. um Uh, and diggy man i wanted you to know diggy i know we liked diggy a lot he had some great accessories uh and i just he seemed like a good guy i was bummed yeah okay ready to go south carolina I guess so. Hilton Head. Like, this This is one of the few times that this show goes to someplace that, like, I used to go as a kid and I thought was, if you live in Hilton Head, my apologies. Just kind of all right. It looks really pretty. Yeah. It's like if you want to go to Myrtle Beach, but you don't want to deal with all of the... Ugh. See, I heard Myrtle Beach is gross. Hilton Head right. seemed classy to me. If you want to go to Myrtle Beach, but you're afraid of, like, saltwater taffy, you go to Hilton Head. If you're afraid, if you want to go to Myrtle Beach, but like you don't want like to walk down the street and every second shop you walk by sells like katanas and ninja stars and laser pointers. 
And you fucking head to Hilton Head. It's a big class year of an experience. Okay. I'm talking a lot of shit to the Carolinas right now, and I want to apologize. I don't know why I'm saying this. I loved every trip I took to the beaches in Carolinas. Nags yeah. Head? Fuck yeah. Some of us grew Hitting up... Hitting up the dunes. Some of us grew up significantly far away from any kind That's of That's true. I'm sorry. I tried to sound cool. You know where I went when I wanted to go near a body of water? Where? Lake of the Ozarks in Branson, Missouri. That sounds good, too, though. Mm. What's a silver dollar city? You told me about that. Yeah, I mean, that was fun. Yeah. A lot uh, of saltwater taffy there, too. Oh, God. I, can we not? <laughs> I'm drinking this goose, and it's very salty, and I'm just trying to, like, push it out of my mind. Uh, so we get to see the guys at this resort in South Carolina. They all stand on the balcony. They yell Rachel's name. Love that. Never not good. So, you know, I I get my bearings. Yeah. I know that I am on a travel date. <laughs> Because my compass is centered, yeah. The men have yelled my name off a balcony. Uh, date card comes. It's for Dean. Uh, yeah, this, man, this was a good fucking date. Um, it was. And God knows we've been hard on Dean because of the dumb shit that he said, but like, th- this was, this was a really, th- there have been a lot, God, this makes me so fucking angry, is that there's been a lot of really good dates and good contestants and great moments on this season and this show, and it has been completely drowned under the ocean of shit that this fucking to be fair, franchise has dumped out here. To be fair, I think a lot of what we like about Dean uh, in this episode is coming through Rachel. Yeah, sure. Like no. the way Rachel is around him. That is true, And the yeah. conversations they have. It's coming from her. I mean, he's just a good... The conversation that he had with her at dinner, like, really fucked me up. You know what he is? What is he? He, He's good at kind of absorbing what is good about her. Yeah, he seems like a good boy. Okay. I don't know if I go that far. I I think he's better than we thought. Yeah. We got to talk about... We got to get into this date because the opening moment of it is... It filled me with delight. Okay. So, they get in a Jeep. They go to Bluffton. Uh, which appears to be a big field place. Where <laughs> Town are. is just one big field. No buildings in Bluffton. <laughs> Got a field, though. Our mayor is a cow. <laughs> Eats all the grass in the field. Population two cows in Bluffton. <laughs> who is who is saying this? Is this exactly? A cow? That's the fucking mystery of it all. <laughs> Unpack it. It's the Twin Peaks mystery. Who's saying it? Who's the narrator? I'll never tell. <laughs> Moo. Oh, wait. Oh, shit. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> now you know. I'm a man that says moo. Oh. I got bit by a cow. It's the only word I can say. <laughs> Except the words. Except the I other words said. I've been saying. Moo. Um, they have a picnic in Bluffton. Why can't I die? <laughs> they have a picnic in Bluffton. They have a picnic in Bluffton. Uh, they open up a bottle of champagne and they look in the distance and they see a blimp, specifically the Goodyear blimp. I don't know if there are other <laughs> blimps. <laughs> There's the bad month blimp. Get out of here, bad month blimp. Um, They start talking about like, is that the... Is that our date? No, no, no. But anyway, here's a funny story. If you're on this show and you see a blimp or any sort of fun means of transportation, you're going to, if you're like sitting by the river and you see a couple swan boats paddling up, why is your first instinct like, surely we're not going to get on those swan boats? (laughs) 
Uh, Rachel tells this great anecdote about how when she was a little kid, she was obsessed with blimps. Uh, and that there's this story in her family about every time she would see one, she would point and go, bimp, bimp. It's so good. It's a cute story. Um, so uh, the Goodyear blimp gets a little bit closer and starts flashing some words on an LED uh, display on the side of it that says, did you write down what it says? No. It says, like, Rachel and Dean, this is your blimp. Get up on. Time for a sky journey. And Rachel starts jumping up and down and saying, bimp, bimp, bimp. And while she's doing it, she shakes the bottle of champagne that, like, sprays all over her <laughs> out of her excitement. It was so pure. It was such a pure moment. I wish I could save it in a bottle. <laughs> I mean, you could probably get, like, a gif of it. If yeah, you probably. Uh, so this is when we find out Dean is scared of heights. Uh, and so they kind of go through a few scenarios in which she might have to hold his hand uh, or deal with his potential motion sickness. Uh, and then they get in and Dean's super solid about it. I mean, he's nervous. Well, not at first, but yeah. Rachel gets in the pilot seat uh, and the blimp pilot lets her kind of steer a little bit. And then she encourages Dean to get in. And Dean immediately starts looking for the seatbelt. It's she adorable. About. And and he's looking for it. And she's like, are you looking for the seatbelt? And he's like, oh, no, I'm not worried about I'm it. I'm not going to need it. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, and he does some piloting. And then they go to this little bay window section of the blimp. And they talk about being adventurous. And uh, they have more champagne. And they toast to taking their relationship to new heights. Uh, and then they circle by the resort where the men are staying and the little screen on the blimp says, Rachel and Dean are in here. <laughs> it's the most, it's the most obvious, like, fuck all y'all that I've ever seen. Like, sometimes this stuff happens, like the plane, like, or the helicopter will fly overhead. This was a blimp literally saying, like, all you boys are not up here. You are in there, and they are in here right now. Yeah, he's probably getting smooched. What's up now? Uh, so the guys are back at the resort, and they're kind of speculating. So Dean is the youngest contestant. He is 25, and Rachel is 32. And so the guys are all kind of speculating as to whether or not Dean is mature enough for her. Which is a super cool conversation to have. Like, Brian was the one leading this. I think Brian's 37. Rachel's 32. It's a... It's a it, it's kind of a double standard because these conversations don't usually happen on The Bachelor. Although I feel like last season was one of the rare examples where it kind of did, where they were talking about Corin in this in this context because she was younger than Nick. He was The Bachelor last season, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just always think that's a dumb. That's always like kind of a gross argument to have. It's to, an easy argument to make. It's just the easiest one when you don't know anything about a person. Yeah, sure. Uh so. After they do their blimp portion of the date, uh, they go to a night portion, which I thought was really pretty. It was like they were out uh, under this tree, uh, probably still in Bluffton. Uh, yeah, and all of these like lights were hanging down from the tree, like on these yeah, like fronds hanging pretty. down. And uh, Dean said, did you do this? And she said, yep, climbed up a rope, got all the lights up. Ah, so good. I love those moments. God, I love Rachel, man. She's wonderful. Uh, and so this is when they kind of have a more in-depth conversation. Uh, Rachel talks about her parents that are still together and her strict religious upbringing, but that her parents were always kind of supportive of her doing what she wanted to do, even if it was strict. Uh, and then Dean tells a story about his family, uh, how they were always really close until when he was, um, 
He was young. He was like 14. When he was, yeah, when he was uh, 15, his mom passed away from breast cancer. Uh, and that when he was even younger than that, she had had it but recovered. But then she was re-diagnosed when he was 14 and put into hospice care. Uh, and then he remembers the day that she passed away and how his dad was really upset and how he, you know, didn't express any emotion, uh, in that moment, but that his family kind of fell apart and his brothers and sisters moved away and his dad wasn't around as much. Uh, and he says that he's never really talked about that with anyone before. Yeah. I, I am like, for obvious reasons, like very sensitive about people using stuff like this as chips that they can play in the the grand poker game of the bachelor or bachelorette right but like man he was so he seemed really shaken up about it and um i don't know it was it was a really and rachel was too like rachel got really emotional about it and it was a it was a very um i don't know it feels gross to comment on the relative realness of like how people talk about this stuff because there's no like right way to do yeah. it but if it was ve- it felt very um it felt really authentic it really resonated with me the one thing that she says that i i really i found poignant was um he talks about even after all of this even though his family kind of fell apart that he still really wants a family and she says that that kind of shows a lot of his character because it could have gone the other way yeah you know he could have turned really cold and kind of closed off um and she talks about how she didn't want to cry in that moment even though she was upset because she didn't want to make him more upset uh and it just it just felt really human you know it didn't feel like strategy you know which yeah, sometimes sure. these moments do it it and also like i wonder how many dudes at the house know about this stuff like uh, probably. It, probably nobody, nobody. but like it's hard to leverage arguments about like, oh, so yeah, this this shit makes you grow up real, real fast. And yeah, the fact that he was only what fifteen, fifteen when it happened, like, man, I can't fucking imagine being yeah. fifteen. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a very it was a really good date. Like, Babe, we're not done with the date yet, though. Oh Jesus God, can we please be done with the date? <laughs> Don't forget about the Dickerson. I oh. <laughs> shame on me uh so dickerson she- me once shame on you um there's somebody in the group who knows this dude and says he's actually really talented it's okay i'm sure i'm sure yeah you don't get to be on the show if you're not talented he he gets the rose and then they walk off to another portion it looks like they just walk there but that's probably not true um but they go to a concert get on a platform and who is performing but russell dickerson uh, and they dance. He appears to be some kind of uh, country and Western artist. <laughs> uh, and so they do the thing where they dance on the platform in front of everybody and everybody takes videos on their phone. Um, and it feels like they're the only two people there. You know, your standard Russell Dickerson moment. Yeah, sure. Um, group date. Oh, okay. There and this is the are. last thing. I know we're moving slow and we have a lot of, we've gone for an hour and 10 minutes, but this group date is the last thing that happens on this episode. There are a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people on Can this Can we just date. say everybody but Jack Stone who is going to get the solo date? I want to say their names. It always adds to it. Okay. Did you really? I got worried because the names were coming so fast and furious. I didn't oh, think I you got them. Down. Oh, wow. Alex, Anthony, Peter, Brian, Jonathan, Adam, Matt, Kenny, Lee, Iggy, Eric, Will, Josiah. 
I don't even know who Matt is. I don't know who Matt is. Who is Matt? Uh, guys are on a dock. Uh, they meet Rachel on the dock and they find out they are getting on a boat. This part of the date was bad because all of these people were crowded on the bow or perhaps the stern. I don't know. Not entirely sure. One of these days I'll really sit down. I know that port is left and starboard's right. Oh, I didn't even know that. Booyah. Um, they were all gathered on this very, 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 very crowded part of the boat, and it didn't seem like they were allowed to go anywhere else. And again, there were like 14 dudes all all out there and Rachel, and it was just like, it seemed like they were all on top of each other, and it would have stressed me out. You know me. I'm in a nautical environment. I need my space. I need to know. I got to ch- have my exits. Have we ever been in a nautical environment? Oh, we have when we went to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So they start doing these weird little like icebreaker activities where uh, they toss a football and whoever catches it has to do a dance move. Uh, So they're all doing their different dance moves. And then uh, Rachel encourages those that want to to take their shirts off. (laughs) A lot of that this season. Uh, They do some limboing. Um, This is where we start to get some of more of Josiah's bravado. He says that he is, quote, the sexiest guy on this boat. Um, uh, yeah, this has popped up. And he, I mean, it goes on for, for quite some time. Uh, but he starts doing push-ups with Rachel on his well, back. Well, there's a push-up contest. There's a push-up contest. She actually introduced specifically that it's a push-up contest. Loving it. Uh, and then there's a, a rap portion in which Kenny and Peter both do their own freestyle raps. Peter's left something to be desired, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Peter. It wasn't It wasn't the worst, but it wasn't great. His day was very good. His rap was quite bad. No, his rap was very bad. His rap was, seemed like excessively bad. Although later on, um, they had some time alone. She said she very much liked his rap. So beauty is in the eye of the yeah. beholder. Uh, so they get off the boat and they are going to uh, an event in a big crowd where Chris appears to be uh, running the show. He's at a podium and he announces that this is the bachelor nation spelling bee. And then we cut to the crowd where Adam jr. Is in the audience. I'm getting a little bored with it guys. Got to mix it up a little bit more. Can't just have Adam jr. Adam jr. In the crowd Give of these some scenarios that you'd like to see Adam jr. in. they fucking fly off in a helicopter and Adam jr.'s hands are taped to the bottom bars and he's just hanging on cliffhanger or- style. Who's that in the pilot seat? It's Adam Jr. We just generated two really, really good ones. I'm worried he was kind of an afterthought. I'm worried there was some like bottom rung producer. Oh, you think they reshot the crowd and put Adam Jr. in there? Maybe. I would like to see, you didn't ask, but I'll tell you. I would like to see Adam Jr. Let's say next day there's like a chili cook-off competition. Ooh, I love it. I would like to see Adam Jr. as either the chef or as a, in an a judge, maybe oh, a judge. Or an ingredient. <laughs> uh, you want to do another one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would like to see, let's say there's a date where they go fishing. Mm. Something's on the hook. What is it? They Wiggle pull it up. Adam Jr. It's Adam Jr. Uh, you want to do another one? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all right. This episode's already going to be the longest episode of any podcast ever recorded. All right. Well, you guys hit me in the Facebook group. I could go all day. Uh, so they're spelling. Uh, Adam is the first to spell, and his word is squirt. Did we? T- <laughs> Sorry, did we talk about it's going to be a spelling bee? We did. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, the words, at least at first, are sexual words. There were children in the audience and three children as judges. There's no way they can play it off as if squirt was anything other than what you, if you are a nasty at home, <laughs> might assume it to. Because the next word was like sensual or something like yeah, that. Like you words, can't. Words include boudoir, um, coitus. Uh, we get stunning. You can't just open with <laughs> squirt. Your first word is cummies. What? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Adam asked Rachel to use it in a sentence, and She's, she says, like, lime, squirt, and tequila. But that's not, come on. Wait, what are you thinking, Griffin? What are you thinking, Rachel? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? <laughs> uh, so, Iggy gets out on boudoir, Kenny gets out on champagne. Boudoir stuff. The difficulty curve here was pretty outrageous. It was a pretty buckwild sine wave here. Eric gets out on facade, uh, which is a little out of theme. Um, and then the girls that are judging put on earmuffs when Peter gets the word coitus. Loving it. And, and they he- should have kept it on when he tried to spell the word because wowzers, bowsers, holy shit. He starts going, and I'm not sure what's happening here, but he starts saying Q-U-I, Q-U-I. No, he says Q-U-I. C-U-I. Like, he tries to start over, which of course is not allowed. But the boy, he does spell out Kwee-Kwee, which is now the only way I'm going to ever refer to lovemaking. Like, you play your cards, Mike, you're going to get some Kwee-Kwee tonight. Oh, man. That is not going to work with me, Griffin. You should Just saying, it's been so long since I've had any Kwee-Kwee. It's bad. All of it. Yeah. Uh... Josiah, this is a this is a fun moment. He gets the word stunning, which and a, it was a weird downgrade. Yeah, and after he gets that word, he says, "Hey, can I use it in a sentence?" And then proceeds. <laughs> this to is talk so good. About, I'm sorry, it's yeah, good. It's good. And then proceeds to give a sentence about Rachel being stunning. Um, Anthony gets out on boutonniere. Which, this is the word that comes after it. Yeah, which is a super hard word to spell. Do you think you can spell it right now? Gun to your head. No. Do you want to try? Well, I have it written in front of me. Did you write it down correctly the first time? I think so. B O U T I. Nope. That's the sound they make. What is it? It's B O U T O N N I E R E. You know, everybody in the Facebook group was saying that I should make you spell things. Um, oh, okay. Hit me. Well, I don't have any fact checking in front of me. Well, here's a list of Merriam Webster words. Um,. Should I find something sexual? I mean, if you could find one on the Merriam-Webster website, you know, they're pretty woke nowadays, so... Ooh, frequently misspelled words. This yeah. is good. Gosh, your computer's so heavy compared to mine. Well, it's full of processing power for all my MacBook gaming. Uh, let's say exhilarate. Oh, jeez. Uh, E-X-H-I-L. Oh, man, I don't know. Now I'm lost. And I know I got it right so far. Exhil... I? Nope. A? Yes. R-A-T-E? Yes. Shit, see? That's how they get you. That 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 was our segment, guys. Do you want it? No, you're going to do one now. No. Yep. Um, I'm a terrible speller. This can't be good podcast. <laughs> conscientious. 
Oh, I saw that one. Uh, well, you cheated. Well, I don't, I didn't remember how it spelled. Uh, C O N S C I E N T I O U S. That's right. You know what I always spell wrong? Huh. Separate. I always get mixed up on whether it's separate or separate. Yeah, it is. I think it's alright, right? Yeah, with an A. Okay. Anyway, this isn't good. No, it's bad. <laughs> I don't know why people ask us to do this. They must have known. Okay, so um who ends up winning? So it comes down to uh Will and Josiah, and Josiah wins on polyamorous. Um and he gets a large trophy, which, which he kisses up, a lot, which ends up being a really fun prop throughout the night. Because when they go to the evening portion and everybody's uh, drinking their cocktails, he <laughs> pours his directly into his trophy and drinks out of Can it. Can we talk about? <laughs> it's going to be inappropriate if we, considering how this episode ends, if we talk about the like after episode stinger at the actual end of this episode, Rosebuds. Can we talk about it now? Oh yeah. Because it makes me angry that this is the week in, week out, the best shit in the show, and they relegate it to like the credit roll, where Josiah has his goblet full of his his drink, and he turns to Will, and he says, refill my goblet, and does like a, a thick British accent, and Will's like, what are you saying? He's like, refill my goblet. Uh and then the, every all the dudes in the room get in this conversation about Game of Thrones. And Will is like, I don't know what you're talking... And they're like, dude, you wore the North Remembers t-shirt. We know you know what Game of Thrones is. And he's like... No, he starts talking about how bad the accent is. He tells about how bad the accent is. He's like, what are you, King Joffrey? He's like, yes, refill my goblet. It was really fun. <laughs> it was fucking funny. And it reminded it me that there are dudes in this house that are funny and and get along and produce things that f- should be one of the cruxes of this show. But because this show refuses to be anything about uh, like anything other than the dumb shit that it's always about, like it, it ends up under the title role. Bones me out. It was so good. I know. I would love, I would love an episode. That's just those fun moments. Yep. I mean, it's the fucking blooper reel. In I the- guess so. Can you, sorry, can you fucking imagine what the men tell all is going to be like. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that in like a, I'm really looking forward to the, to no, the we battle. Always, we always hate those episodes. Those are our least favorite episodes this, every season. This one is going to be, I mean, I guess ABC gets the final edit out on, on it. Right. But like, there's a lot. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of folks on there who, uh, are going to have a lot of defending to do. Can you imagine if they open it up like, Waboom and what's his fuck? Like, what are they going to say? And then anyway, we had a real live racist on the show. Let's see what, like, it's going to be a fucking disaster. Like, it's because uh, so far, like, everybody at ABC and involved in the production of this show has been so tight lipped about all this stuff. Like, I don't understand how they continue that and do like a special where everybody typically comes out and airs out all their dirty laundry. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. Nor I. Uh, okay. So, uh, this is a group date. Just a reminder. Um, Rachel is spending time with the guys. She spends some more time with Peter and they have one of those conversations that feels like we're already planning what our relationship is going to be like after the show. Uh, cause they talk again about moving. Uh, and 
Peter, as you might remember, is from Wisconsin, and Rachel brings up that she just happens to be licensed to practice law in Wisconsin. This is the shit more than anything else. Like, when you start talking about where you're going to live or actual practical life stuff after the show is over, like, to me, that is always the clearest, like, you're going to win the fucking show. She's not talking about this stuff with anybody else. And there's a couple other moments with the guys but I, I kind of want to just let's just skip get into it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we should talk about the Iggy stuff. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to next. Uh, so Iggy has been kind of hanging out with the group and kind of listening to Josiah's kind of bravado, and he decides he's going to take it upon himself, much like he did with Eric, to tell Rachel that he is not right for her and that she should be careful because he's protective of her. Uh, and he questions Josiah. It, I really want to drive home. This is solely, this is because Josiah is playing. This was the same moment that ended up in the after the credits of Josiah celebrating with his King Joffrey impression and drinking out of the goblet and celebrating because he won the completely inconsequential spelling bee on the group date. Like, that's what Iggy's season is like. This guy's not here for the fucking right reasons. This, I'm so, I'm done with Iggy on so many different levels. One of which being like when he um, meets up with Rachel and goes off to talk, he's like, uh, why does he say like, hey, sweetheart or hey, sweetie, and talks about like how he is her protector or whatever. And that shit always puts a pretty gnarly taste in my mouth. But to like go after Josiah just because he's like celebrating because he won the spelling bee. Yeah. That's the most childish bullshit ever. And it's just this dude trying to get in the fucking mix. Exactly. Because somebody, some producer said, like, if you want to stay on this show, you need to get in the fucking mix. Yeah. uh, And so meanwhile, while Iggy is having this conversation with Rachel, Josiah is kind of complaining because he, he does feel like he's kind of become a target. And as he's saying that, Iggy walks in and is like, oh, you know what? I was just talking about Rachel about that. Uh, cause I, and I actually said just those same things to her that, that I feel like, you know, that I, I can't trust you. And, <laughs> His, and Josiah, Josiah's reaction is not, I think, what Iggy was expecting. Cause he's like, well, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. He's like, okay, first Eric. I'm Eric now, I guess. Um, because Iggy did this exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, and Iggy's like, episode. "Oh, your personality is different when the lights come on." And Josiah's like, "Give me an example. Like, give me like one example." Uh, Iggy says, "Like, I can think of like five or six off the top." Of, and Josiah's like, "Name one," and he yeah. can't fucking do it. Yeah, and so then there's this this moment where Eric, who seems to be really perceptive to me, because there's something about the way that he picks up on this stuff and then analyzes it really quickly. He's, he tells Iggy, you know, Iggy, you're shifting the energy in the room. When you come in and you instigate this kind of issue, it makes everybody uncomfortable and it changes the whole energy. And that's what Rachel sees. He points at these three dudes who are just like sitting on the couch, just sort of like looking at the middle des- distance at the floor while like holding their foreheads, like looking like they're trying not to be in this room. And Eric makes this excellent point about like all these dudes are going to go hang out with Rachel and they're going to, she's going to get this fucking energy. Yeah. You are always, he's, what does he say? You're always in the sauce. Yeah. And you are making things way worse than you are making things better. And it, yeah. it was a really perceptive like thing. Like it was a, a sort of 
a recognition of the fact that they are all real people in this television shooting environment and fuck it's got to be uncomfortable a lot of the time yeah to be in that environment and say like all right go be romantic like it's tough josiah goes to talk to some of the other guys kind of outside of the room and he talks about how iggy kind of always reveals that he has done this as if it gives him some kind of pass yeah like what am i gonna say like oh thank you for tattling yeah Yeah. um okay so this is when we get to the lee stuff um rachel sits down with lee and talks about how she overheard kenny the other night talking to lee and lee starts talking about how kenny was screaming at him and lee says you know i love the guy uh, but, you know, he was just being very aggressive towards me. Which is some, like, dog whistle bullshit. We're going to talk a lot about this, but let's, like, get through what happened. Yeah. And then So then Rachel, after talking to Lee, goes to Kenny, because she, she says, you know, this doesn't sound like the Kenny that I know. Uh, so she goes and talks to Kenny, um, and uh, she tells him about how she overheard him yelling, and that she talked to Lee. And he says, you know, I felt really dismissed by Lee. You know, I was trying to bring up my concerns. And Kenny does say he felt bad. He felt like he didn't handle it the right way. And that he ended up shaking hands with Lee. And he thought he kind of cleared the air. But Rachel's like, well, why am I still talking about this then? And Kenny says, well, maybe Lee doesn't always tell the truth. I want to hop in here and point out that like this entire time, there are cut in segments of Lee, either in the moment interviews saying like, nothing makes me happier than like, getting these dudes all riled up. And um, I want to see his what does he say? I want to see his pitiful world come crumbling down or something like that. Talking about Kenny. Um, And and Kenny uses this expression to describe Lee's behavior that I'd never heard before, but I really appreciated where he says Lee's handshake doesn't match his smile, which I feel like is a really apt way to describe Lee. Um, And then after that conversation is over between Lee and Rachel um, or between Kenny and Rachel, Kenny feels like her body language suggested that she was in Lee's corner. He seemed really, really, really defeated in a way that was genuinely difficult to watch because it it was it came completely out of lee's full-blown fucking gaslighting shit he calls lee a quote alternative facts piece of garbage uh and kenny says you know i wasn't aggressive you can look at the tapes i was like 10 feet away from him there was no action uh, and so the scene ends with Kenny going back inside, uh, confronting Lee and trying to pull him or not pull him, but take him into another room. Like, if, yeah, yeah, if they can go outside for it. And then check. we get the like cliche to be continued, like other dudes gathering around to like see what is going on. Yeah, there's the cre- suggestion there's going to be some kind of physical the, fight. The crescendo of this episode was to sort of boil it down. Lee going to Rachel and saying, Kenny is aggressive and I felt threatened and um, I don't know what got into the, I love the guy. I love the guy. But, uh, you know, I felt really, I felt like he was really aggressive while in the moment saying like, I love getting in this dude's head and making him seem like a asshole. And Kenny saying like, well, shit, Rachel doesn't like me anymore because of what Lee said. Um, and then we get a teaser for next week's episode um and 
this is going this is going to be next week's episode it the the teaser for this next episode was infuriating because it was just it was just this it was just this like um real real life issues of um black men being portrayed as dangerous and aggressive and the sort of exploitation of that for television drama stretched out over uh, what is best case scenario one more episode not two or three more episodes yeah although there is a suggestion so we know that Jack Stone has the next one on one and then there will be a rose ceremony and there's a suggestion that there's a two on one that these two dudes are on with Lee and Kenny they they and in that way they're treating it like any other like I said earlier in this episode like they're treating it like any other drama that has ever that they have ever manufactured on this show and that is so irresponsible and so 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 dangerous if you look at it with one additional even thin layer of context on on top of what it is that they're doing here um yeah and so this is so griffin found an article a lot of articles about this stuff before we get into that like it's fucking horrifying we talked about this i feel like before the season started of like how are they going to handle having the first black lead on this show and having the most diverse cast in my mind, I thought it might be a case where just they kind of just like ignore it and do it as business as usual. And maybe that's what the fuck they think this is. And maybe it's just the fact that we know that Lee is actually a huge, huge racist that is making it so untenable. But this is, this is, I feel like a lot worse than I thought this was going to be. This entire episode dedicated to this racist dude goading on a, a, a black man into seeming dangerous enough that he would be sent home is fucking horrifying. And the way that they are stretching it out without any sort of critical look at it is like beyond the pale. I feel like that's yeah. And this is what's so tricky about trusting, trusting the show and trusting your reactions to it. Uh, Obviously there's editing involved. Lee seems just kind of like a jerk all the time to everybody. Yeah. Um, we are seeing mostly his issues with black contestants. Um, there was a segment on this episode where he was sitting down with some white contestants at a bar, just like, you know, I love you guys. Like, I would never come after yeah. you. I would never say anything about you guys. And it's, it's, yeah. So I, I, I want to get into some of the things that um, people have been writing about this because I feel like they summarize it a lot better than uh, I ever could. Here's an article from Refinery29 by Cecily Bowen. Lee embodies the most frustrating and common kind of racism on The Bachelorette. This is an excerpt. Um, not only is Lee relying on racist stereotypes about angry black men to misinterpret their rightful feelings of frustration, but he is using them to position himself as a moral superior. Lee's Twitter feed suggests that he is most likely the least woke contestant on this season as it pertains to race. He used quotations around the word privilege and supported the presidential candidate that wants to deport immigrants and ban Muslims. Uh, These beliefs appear to be influencing his interactions with the men of color on the show, and it's infuriating to watch. Today, asking me why I'm upset uh, when I'm... This this article, by the way, like opens up talking about uh, her experience being a, a, a person of color in these exact situations that are sort of portrayed on the show. She says, today, asking me why I'm upset uh, when I'm not is the fastest way to actually make me upset. It's a trigger that I've developed after years of unnecessarily and often unsuccessfully defending myself against accusations of being combative, threatening, and disruptive. The feeling of 
of discontentedness often transforms into silent fury with the knowledge that even today my protest will fall on deaf ears or worse put me in danger of arrest or harm. Watching Kenny struggle against this last night was perhaps the realest moment The Bachelorette has ever seen. But hey, at least Rachel has peeped what's going on. That links to a tweet that Rachel did that um, was in response to Leah, who was a contestant, I guess, on the last season of Bachelor in Paradise, meaning she was on this franchise at some point, where she said something just shitty about, like, she turned on the show and her friend asked, like, is this love and hip hop? And Rachel responded, like, Oh, I should introduce you to Leah. It sounds like you two would really get along. Yeah. So she's at least like now, now she knows coming forward and saying like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, the thing that article hits on, I felt like was so clear in Kenny's reaction after he talked to Rachel. He just seems so defeated. Like here Lee said this thing about me. It's not true. Uh, but Rachel believes it just like I'm sure he's dealt with hundreds of times. Right. Uh, and here it's happening again based on him losing his temper after being provoked by Lee. I just, you really feel the kind of, gosh, just frustration from him, but like not frustration. I don't know. He just, he seems so defeated. Yeah. And it's like, it's a real thing. Like, it's not like. It's not defeated because, like, oh, no, I went down a peg on this television show. It's defeated in a way of, like, yeah. this is a fucking thing. This is a thing that that I deal with. But these guys are, like, really, they're dealing with a lot more. I know. It's a lot. Uh, uh, Emma and Claire from uh, Here to Make Friends, the Huffington Post podcast, which I adore, uh, wrote an article saying, hey, ABC, racism on The Bachelorette isn't entertaining. It's gross. That's the headline and <laughs> a very uh, good way to summarize, like, how i feel about it uh and this is the closer uh there's something especially insidious about a show with such a checkered racial history using racism to drum up drama ratings and ultimately dollars for the entertainment of white people it goes without saying that america has an ugly history of white people making money off of black people's pain perhaps it was too much to hope that the bachelorette would set the bar higher yeah like i don't know what i expected from this season but like this is worse than what i expected from this season which is uh, saying a lot because i don't think i was expecting a whole lot um one uh sort of great take on this uh came from the ringer roger sherman at the ringer lee does not to, uh, belong on the bachelorette which kind of summarized like the um struggle i had with like uh lee is obviously we know he's a big piece of shit right we know he's a a bigot in a lot of different ways um while the role he is filling on this show is a traditional archetype that we've seen on this show you're the mid-season villain, right? Yeah. And so you you turn cartoonish at some point, yeah. like a fucking werewolf transformation, and then all of the actions you take from that point on are cartoonish levels of villainy. Yeah. Um, that is seemingly what he is doing here, but uh, you cannot look at that, you cannot look at his actions without viewing them through the lens of, like, also what you're doing is, like, super, super racist. Yeah. So I had a hard time, like, this isn't anything, this is nothing new. This is stuff exactly. people have done before, but the motivations behind it and the context behind it yeah. is different and, like, hugely, hugely upsetting. So this no, is... that's a good point. This is the article from The Ringer. Yes, Lee is pursuing a black woman on this show. No, he doesn't launch into over-the-top explicit racist tirades every time he encounters a black castmate. But that doesn't mean he's not racist. He sees his black castmates as manipulable, quick to anger, and easy to outwit. He's the instigator, but he likes to portray the black man he's instigating as aggressive. 
This is not the first time that this has happened in American history. Lee should not be on the show. Chris Harrison said production was unaware of Lee's tweets, which seems like a pure poor excuse, considering there is a significant amount of vetting that goes into selecting cast members for this show, and the tweets were public. Lee doesn't deserve the platform, he doesn't deserve the attention, and it's unfair that Rachel's should-be fantasy world is tinged with his views. There shouldn't be this Lee-related drama, there shouldn't be these constant escalations to near violence, or as teasers to future episodes suggest, actual violence. And it would be nice if The Bachelorette on The Bachelorette could be black without her having to deal with racism. But if Lee must be on the show, let's allow our knowledge of who he is to tint every conversation he has. He is a reminder that racists are not always caricatures. Sometimes they're just people who think they're better than other people, even though all evidence points to the fact that they are not. I fucking love that. That's like... Yeah, that's so well put. Because Lee never said... Lee doesn't say anything racist. He doesn't do anything like explicitly racist. He may have said something racist. I'm 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 saying explicitly, overtly racist, right? Yeah. Um but at the same time, like what he's doing is pretty fucking racist. Like no, it's and I the thing that I, I think is so apt about that post is and I told this to Griffin, the show has me viewing every interaction as who's right, who's wrong, who's the hero, who's the villain. You know, everything becomes very this or that. Uh, and so Lee doesn't say anything explicitly racist yet. Uh, the world doesn't work like that. No. People who are racist don't always, you know, say racial slurs. And they, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's, I just like. And so, and so the, so this gets, is going to get drug out. Yeah, we at got at least, least one more one more episode. Which Griffin like, and I, I were thinking like this was going to be the worst one, and weren't we pleased to find out that there were going to be more of these? It's it's so bad, and we talked earlier about like this show has been problematic in the past, but it's reaching in a new echelons of like this season was make or break for them. Like this season was a big was a big season, and they are handling mm-hmm. things in a way that they have previously just kind of skirted over and they are still trying to avoid the subjects that they are actively engaging in and also exploiting. Nobody's saying the word racist. Nobody's like these conversations are not happening that much on a season where I feel like they should be happening or at the very least the show should be more responsible about how they handle these real issues and they fucking aren't even a little bit at all. And it's it's so much worse than I thought it was going to be. It's so much worse than I thought it was going to be. And it's not entertaining. It's not fun. I don't know who watches this. I, I, I don't even think you have to be necessarily very, like, keyed in to see this trailer for this next episode and not go like, well, that seems bad. Did yeah. anybody fucking watch this? This, like, white racist dude, like, trying to egg on this black man to the point where he comes off as as violent nobody watched that and said like that seems maybe we shouldn't do that it's it's so awful here's what i will say the saving grace this season and we're probably not the only ones saying this is rachel Lindsay. rachel's rachel's amazing and and there's a lot of the castmates who are amazing and we are not getting that because 
if you want to, if you want to, I think the most credit you can give this show is to say like they are just so rigidly adhering to the structures that have worked for them in the past of like, okay, episode four, we introduce the villain that they are just barging right ahead without even thinking about, oh, wait a minute, that's really racist. But I like the fact that fucking Lee was apparently sought out. I don't, I don't trust the franchise. Um, I feel like we could continue to speculate as to what they're doing, but we don't know. Um, and I, I, the thing that keeps me coming back to the show, um, is, is, I mean, and it sounds hokey, but is the compelling piece of this real person that I want the best for trying to find love and, and learning, uh, learning about her and learning about some of the contestants in the process. Yeah. There are pieces of this. And we've complained a lot about it because there's a lot to complain about, but there are still parts of this show that I I find engaging. That's what makes it so, for me, like, that's what makes it infuriating. So to put it, like, in the context of how it happened, if you didn't watch the episode, like, we got this, this, like, really, really, really difficult to watch preview for this what seems to be difficult to watch next episode that's coming up. And then we ended with the King Joffrey impressions, like, funny stuff and it's like there's a light that shines through this show and in a way that's like what makes it the most well no that's not the most infuriating thing about it but like there i I keep getting these glimpses of what this show could be if it was socially responsible even a little bit if it didn't adhere to the same i like i haven't talked about like how they are just doing the same fucking shit every season no matter what gotta introduce gotta manufacture a villain to the point where it's like a, a switch is flipped and now i'm bad that's i'm so fucking over it you've done that 20 times what yeah. the fuck are you doing it's it's it is so surface level a complaint to say like oh well it's really repetitive tv when like the real complaint is like it's fucking super problematic but like it, there's 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 oh there's this show could be so fucking great and it's just i don't know man i don't i don't know that i have the patience for it anymore we're we're going to finish the season. We though. should finish the season. Yeah. And well, then, yeah. And then we'll figure out what we do next. I mean, we're going to have to, cause we'll have about, if we don't do bib, it's going to be about four or five months there where we're not going to have a television show to talk about. Yeah. And please, please trust that, that we will, we will work on this and we will let you know. Yeah. We've gotten a lot of great suggestions at this point. We just need to figure something out. If you're disappointed that we're not going to be talking about bib, I'm cool. We're not going to change our minds about this. Like this is, this is, we it's been a um it's been a tough couple weeks like again like i said like this show is really important to us and y'all are really important to us and we've really struggled about it and like i just don't there's no way we could fucking do it so um please don't please don't ask i guess uh i want to thank some people for some gifts we got oh yeah uh, so first I wanted to thank, uh, your trumpet labs. Uh, they have provided Griffin and his brothers with, um, oh, they've actually given us whole mics. That mic you're talking into is near trumpet. Uh, and they sent me my own pop filter that says, can I steal you away on it? It's really good. Which I was excited about. Thank you for that. Let's swap that out. We only use that mic really to record Rose Buddies now. Okay. Um, uh, we also got this really cool paper cutout, uh, that says Rose Buddies on it. Uh, from Sam. Uh, so thank you very much, Sam. Um, if, if you're interested in seeing what Sam does, the Instagram is catfriendo. 
Um, I want to thank Rachel's parents for sending me a big box of hot sauce. Sent me like six big bottles of hot sauce. And I was like, well, oh, hot sauce. I used to eat a lot of hot sauce, but now I don't because my tummy's really sensitive. But I've been eating that hot sauce, and it's good hot sauce. It's not really related to the show at all. Well, I ate it before it gave me energy to do the show. So, uh, uh, Thank you, Bonnie, for uh, sending us this uh, cute, cute, cute little onesie romper for henry uh it's adorable has a little h on it it's really adorable um bonnie's website is buddybeanboutique.com love that uh and she wrote us a really sweet note so thank you for that (sighs) anything else thanks to maximum fun for having us you can go to maximumfun.org and check out all the great podcasts there um or you can go to mcroyshows.com and check out all the shows that we do I don't. I don't know what to say at the end of this episode. Like this. This is. Um... We want. We want. Um, I talked to Griffin, and I was like, "Part of I know you guys don't necessarily turn to us for all your entertainment news. Uh, so I don't want our show to become so focused on the headlines. But clearly, we couldn't avoid that this week. Uh, but it is my desire to still do a funny, sweet podcast with my husband. Yeah. Uh, and we would like to get back to that sometime very um, but, soon. Uh, but, but like, we're not going to ignore what this show does. No, we're not going to ignore, like, it. it's, it's, I, what I want to talk about is, like, the sentiment that I also see going around the group. Because there are a lot of people, when that that preview for the next episode came up, were like, I'm done. Or, like, I'm skipping next week. Like, fuck this. And, like... I feel that too. Like I'm, I'm, um, I think the adjective I would use is like, I'm tired. Like when all this stuff yeah. was breaking and I was at E3, I was like, this is so disappointing and it's so disheartening. And this show used to like mean a lot to me. And while I recognized its faults, like I never thought it would get this bad or, or especially not this fast. Cause fuck. Um, we're, ti- we're really tired and. I don't really know what to do about it. Like, I don't really know, know what to do next. And we're going to, we'll, we're going to figure it out. But, um, just be, just be like, just be good to each other. Um, and, and, and know that Griffin and I started this show, uh, because we have fun talking to each other about things that make us happy. And if this show doesn't do it, we'll find something else that does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll do that fucking quantum leap. Anything I say now is going to be the thing that like people know, tweet right? us about. I was going to say that quantum leap fan cast. Nobody wants the quantum leap fan cast. Uh, I don't know about that. I have, I've talked to Scott Bakula in the last couple of weeks. Jeez. Oh, Sorry, babe. I did. I talked to Scott Bakula. It was I the fucking know. best. Um, yeah. So I, 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 we're saying all this and I know next week's episode is going to be so bad. And so we're going to be equally defeated in the Maybe next. It'll be a quick. Okay. <laughs> they're gonna get through the rest of this date through the solo date through the rose copper. ceremony through rachel and, rachel and copper just hugging for 20 minutes in the bluffton, in the bluffton field. fields with the cow mayor hey we had one joke this episode all right um thanks for listening and until next time i'm griffin mcelroy i'm rachel mcelroy when you're ready final rose stay with us on this journey of joy spoiler alert she ends up with soldier boy MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. 
Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And together we present Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. We explain the historical significance of everyday etiquette topics, then answer your questions relating to modern life. So join us weekly on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. No RSVP required. Check out Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? <laughs>